Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Digitally Downloaded Podcast, Digitally Uploaded. My name is Alan, I'm your host for this week, and I have Matt with me. Hello, Matt. Oh god, there's two mats. Um, <laughs> okay, that was that was really fun. Yeah, we've got two mats this week. Um, we have Matt, editor in chief, Matt. Oh, that's me, Matt. Hello. And Matt, and then we also have other Matt, who works for Digitally Downloaded. <laughs> I'm other Matt. Hello. It's, it's Matt and other Matt. Um, we've actually, Hello, Matt. yeah, Hello, Matt. yeah. There we go. That's that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. So we're actually not going to do some news this week, just because we have a lot of March games to talk about. So we're going to do that instead. We're going to go to there. Yeah, then we're going to go to some music. I'm going to cut that out in the editing process. No, you're not. You're going to leave that. Yeah. It's always it's always fun to leave those mistakes in there. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, it makes me look really professional. Yeah, make good music. Yay.
Welcome back, everybody. Alrighty, so March. Uh, this is the last week of February by the time you're listening to this podcast. So, as usual for the podcast, we are going to talk about the games coming out in the next month. And March is going to be nuts. So nuts. So many nuts. Almonds, walnuts, Brazil nuts. Um, yeah, there's actually a lot of games coming out. It's crazy. Uh, February and January were bad enough, but March is really picking things up. So if we go through it, from the very first day of March, uh, one of the, the very bestest things ever that's coming out this year is coming out, Dead or Alive 6. Yay. I know Alan's not so interested in that one. but no, every- I just love that game because it got banned from Evo. <laughs> <laughs> it did indeed. It did indeed because they used, they used real people to show the breast physics in the game. That was No, I think that was clever. more just the fact that they stopped the game to look at the breasts. <laughs> They're like, you know what? They're not here for the fighting game at this fighting game tournament. We all know what everyone's really here for. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, if you're playing Dead or Alive for any other reason, you're playing it for the wrong reason. So let's let's just, you know, it's good that it embraces what it is. Let's put it that way. Um, And then it shouldn't be embracing anything. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, embracing a lot, really. Um, (laughs) Cursed. Genuinely awful. All right. Well, I'm leaving. So, Goodbye. <laughs> we don't even need Ginny here to upset Alan's um, sense of morality. All right. Left Alive. That comes out on March 5. I don't even know what that is, but I vaguely think that it might be something that people are paying attention to. Um, Total War Three Kingdoms comes out on March 7, and that's going to be great because that is it's Total, Total War. War. Yeah. Plus, Plus three kingdoms, and it has a really neat feature, which I think Matt is really looking forward to, whereby um, you can actually play a strategy game like you would read the book, and all the generals are stupidly powerful, and it kind of is, yeah, that, that seems like a pretty good feature to me, because in the book, the, the, the generals of the armies would be out there killing thousands of dudes all by, him, all by themselves, um, and I think that's a pretty neat feature for, three, uh, for Total War, because mm. that hasn't happened before. It's a nice adaptation, actually. Yeah, respect really the source like material. That's yeah, smart. Yeah, I like it. It's good. That I entire team like seems to be pretty good at doing justice to things, though. Like they've done very well in the past. Even the the non historical games, like Warhammer, that was yeah. pretty good. They actually clearly cared about it, which is nice. Yeah, they absolutely get it right every single time, um, mm. and it, they all feel different to play as a result. So, as a big fan of you know, Chinese history and Romance of Three Kingdoms. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Good. Uh, Devil May Cry comes out on March 8. Now, it's only about 16 hours long, so it's not long enough. For a no, it's game. not worth <laughs> it. No, it's not a game you should play just because it's not a 35-hour RPG that you can go back and just, you know, it's not Persona 5. Like, why would you play it? It has a 5 in the title, but it's not Persona. I mean, it's not even a games-as-a-service game. It must be terrible. It's not even uh, Anthem. <laughs> it's not even why anthem. is it not Anthem? Everything should be Anthem. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, so Nintendo's actually releasing a 3DS game in March as well. Kirby's Epic Yarn. No, Kirby's Extra, Extra Epic Yarn. Even though it's on a console that is nowhere near as powerful as the original console that yeah. had Epic Yarn. But anyway. It doesn't um, make sense. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. But if you've got a 3DS and it's not dead and you want to charge it up to play a new game, there you go. Uh, March 12 has the release of the best gay, best JRPG that Yoko Taro didn't develop, and that's the Caligula Effect Overdose that comes out on PS4 and Switch. And yeah, we might we'll be talking about that one a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, March Great. 15 comes with the division. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna two. play that. I'm gonna get really excited <laughs> about this non political game, yeah, about a civilian military. <laughs> the completely non political Ubisoft open world game with icons everywhere and 
you know, here at Ubisoft, we don't want to, you know, start the fire. We're actually more interested in just creating really fun gaming experiences where you shoot poor people. Yeah. Very not <laughs> As a militia. That's very very not political, <laughs> that one. No, it's uh, the least political game that you've ever seen. You know what? Go is a pick on. says more about communism than anything in Division 2. Kirby uh, okay. is, is part of the deep state. Moving on before moving on before Alan gets a little bit too passionate about the division two. Um <laughs> freaking lose my mind. <laughs> clearly the best game of all time has been released on March 19th, American Ninja Warrior yeah. Warrior yeah. Television. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get hype over that. That's that's also a political deep state game. Yeah, that's gonna be brilliant. Yeah, um, but Ted Cruz plays that all the time. While the quality of that one might be a little bit questionable, uh, March 20 brings one of the nicest roguelikes I've ever played and certainly looking forward to playing it again. Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, everybody, is a HD remastery thing from a Wii title and it is, it's wonderful. It's my favourite roguelike ever and I can't wait to play that. Can I quickly just say I love the name Everybody? Yeah, I think that's really great. cute. <laughs> that's really adorable. It's great. It's so it's so happy, Alan. I don't know if you've actually played the original. I haven't. I probably will play uh, this though on Switch because it, it's a Switch game. It's so happy and feel good. And Chocobo is a character that doesn't get used anywhere near enough because they don't put him in Smash, bloody Nintendo. There's um, a chance they will. <laughs> they may. They may if this game sells well. So everybody buy it. Everybody buy it. Um, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaking cute. It's also yeah, political as well. <laughs> it's very political. Yeah. Okay. So the dungeon the last... is a symbol of the capitalist nightmare, and he's descending further into it to become one of the owners of a corporation that destroys the world for its own profit. Yeah, and spoilers: the end boss is Ayn Rand. Um... <laughs> Everyone should get the sweat of their own brow, and then Chocobo just pecks her eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the last. The last third of the month. See, we've only run through two thirds of the month. The last third of the month brings the Sinking City on March twenty one. That's a Lovecraftian horror game, which actually looks pretty damn good to me. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that a great deal. Especially Call of Cthulhu uh, uh, last year was actually really good. So, I think developers may have finally cottoned on on how to do Lovecraft right. So, looking forward to that one. Uh, March twenty two brings Sekiro, which I know a lot of people are looking forward to. I've had some hands on time with it. It is brilliant and. It's nothing like Dark Souls, which impressed me. The developers actually done a Souls-like, but redefined it and changed it and made it something mm. of its own, which is great. I was worried that it was going to be just a kind of another Soulsborne, but this one is actually genuinely different, which is good. I've also heard that the shadows die twice. I've heard that that's a thing. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> shadows die twice. They do indeed. And, it, again, they... and again, and again, and again, and again. I would um, love the balls if they just decided that if you died twice in the game, it's over. Like, yeah, you just can't play it anymore. Like, game is gone. Like, the disc, like, melts into your PS4 and corrupts it. Yeah, yeah. And the save file just explodes. And <laughs> yeah, and it pours acid great. in your face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gives you the Division 2. On March, <laughs> on, on March 26, a game called The Princess Guide comes out. Now, I have a vague impression that that might be a Nipponichi one. I Look, I'm going to say that's very likely. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah, if it is, I'm looking forward to it by default. Um, skipping past the next bits because Danganronpa Trilogy, most people already played that who care about it. Walking Dead, nobody cares about that since the developer went belly up. Uh, Final Fantasy VII comes out on the Switch on March 26. And the worst uh, Final Fantasy. Just a, just a spoiler, Ares dies. Whoops. Ares? Um, yeah, Ares. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, yeah. I was thinking of like yeah. God of War Ares. 
Aries. March 29 brings a very cute, happy platformer in Yoshi's Crafted World. And we all know that we're going to say Tropico 6. <laughs> Tropico 6, that very well known cute platformer. Yeah, yeah, you get to like be. A, this is the most apolitical game, actually. I was wrong. This game we play as a dictator. <laughs> yeah, Trop- Tropico 6 is also coming out on March 29. If you would rather, rather than jump on things as a cute little green dinosaur, would rather embezzle money onto an offshore account, you can do that as well. I like and- that. March 29 brings the remaster of Assassin's Creed 3, which is not the greatest in the series, but it also brings the remaster of Assassin's Creed Liberation, which is the greatest in the series. Aveline, she's back finally. She's cool. I love Aveline. She's the best. It's a really um, good game system as well, where you have to change your like social standing by your yes, clothing, which is yes. really interesting. And I wish that more things did that. I love that. I, I yeah. love that. Yeah, Aveline can be uh, in slave wear one minute and then change to you know high class woman the next, and her abilities change based on her presence in society and stuff. That's a really good feature, and it's a really neat game. I really like that one. I very much recommend it, even if you have to buy Assassin's Creed Three to have it. Um, and then finally, and Alan, close your ears because you know, okay, I'm gonna yeah. close them. Yeah. Um, also, another Dead or Alive comes out in March. I can't remember the exact date, but uh, oh god, Dead or Alive Extreme Three Scarlet comes out in March, which is the bikini beach volleyball. Not really. Just take photos of the cute girls in bikinis. Like, I, I love that they have the balls to have this pretense that it's actually a game and not just a way to look at things. No, they don't. They really don't. They still like ship it as a game though. You should just do right. it like this is porn. They they put, it, they put it on discs, but that doesn't mean it's a game. Uh, and it comes out on PlayStation <laughs> 4 and Nintendo Switch. I can't wait to play that in public. That's going to be great fun. Um, and that's it. So that's Matt's going to get punched. <laughs> that's a No, I get the train seat all to myself. Nobody sits next to me when I play my Switch, Alan, because I play games like Galgun and... Dead or Alive Extreme. And no Are you reason. sure it's not because you smell or something? Yeah, well, that's that's part of it as well. <laughs> um, so, Matt, give us your pick for the month. What are you most looking forward to? Division, I'm Division most 2. looking forward to... No, not Division 2. I'm uh, looking forward to American Ninja, War- American Ninja Warrior Challenge. Because <laughs> there's no way that that game can be bad. No. <laughs> it's guaranteed 100, it's... 100 Metacritic. You know, it is the new game of the generation. It is. Yes. I've heard the, it's... the Citizen Kane of video games. Yes. That's what I've heard, and I believe it. I've heard it's actually got more game time hours than Devil May Cry 5 as well. So. Oh, oh well, good. that's not hard. I mean, Devil May Cry Yeah, because you can sneeze and Devil May Cry 5 is over. Yeah, 16 but... hours. What the hell were they thinking? It needs to I know, be right? twice that. To be Ninja Warrior has at least 4,000 hours of content. <laughs> yeah. It's I feel like I've missed some context around this Devil May Cry five stuff in it. Oh, uh, did you miss that, Matt? Because well, I, yeah. So the new the news came out that it was about sixteen hours long, and all the gamer dudes got very upset that it was only sixteen <laughs> hours long. <laughs> it's Ugly. like, is it worth full price if it's only sixteen hours long? And it's like, oh, shut up. Yeah, it's dumb. It's wow. really. It's, it was, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could say I was surprised, but you know. Um, but on a more serious note, I am looking forward to um, Sekiro. Of course, because yeah. it looks very good. Um, and what else? I'm also looking forward to Total War Three Kingdoms, which yeah. I've never played a Total War before, but I 
feel like I should. And I have a whole lot of them on my computer that I've never played. Yeah, I feel like um, everyone owns at least three Total War games. Yeah, I've never played them. Never, never played them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks to um, Civilization, you probably run into the strategy games now. Yeah, I enjoy them more now than I used to. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to, I like the way they've, as you were talking about earlier, like embraced the fiction of the novel. On on one, on one side, you've got the option of playing with the, the, the super-powered generals. Yeah. And then you, there's also the option of playing the more historic realistic version where the generals are just people and they can get killed easily it's almost like the human body is very fragile it is yeah. <laughs> apparently yeah that's what I've been told yeah according to science as the corporations would have you believe <laughs> hey now let's not get too political on this podcast no, no this is an apolitical podcast i'm yes. going to start a militia Save, save, save your political conversations for the Division Two. Not that Division Two has any politics in it, Alan. No, what are you talking about? I can't talk about politics in Division Two. I can talk about politics in freaking Sekiro, though. <laughs> That's oh, it's a most... very political game. Yeah, it's it's... going to be very political. Yeah, it's... I, I heard that demons are bad, actually. Oh, yeah, they are. You can't say that. <laughs> actually, if, say that. If, in the demo or in the demo I played, there was this one scene where you're stealthing around like a pro ninja dude and then you get to stab some old woman in the neck for some reason because she's in your way and i was like that's pretty it's quite political yeah <laughs> in this day and age this game actually has old woman enemies who are actually completely weak but for some reason you still have to kill them to move through and and you just know that she's got some kind of magical power that she'll absolutely wallop you with if you don't get her first mm. so yeah like but, all old women yeah. but it was pretty cool i really really like that that demo i mean it's going to be absolutely brutal because it doesn't even have multiplayer as far as i'm aware so you can't even call on somebody to help you with some of these bosses you got to do it all on your own and um which is tough. how it should be done they're I'm a gamer. It, it's harder. It is much harder because it's faster. It's much mm. faster than the Souls games or even Bloodborne. It's it's fast and it's unforgiving and you're going to hate every moment of it, but you're going to love it at the same time. It's a very Stockholm Syndrome kind of game. Oh, good. Yeah. It's going to be a highlight, but it and Chocobo. Chocobo is my pick of the month because I just can't wait to get back into everybody. Everybody. It's a good name. It's a great name. It's, it's the, the best, best game. game. It's not political. No. I actually am kind of low-key looking forward to Division 2, though, just because I want to mock it. <laughs> like, like, there's nothing about this game that is interesting. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's, it's going to be better than Anthem. That's like saying it's better than a pile of shit. Like, it's just, you're correct, but you're not exactly <laughs> breaking the world by saying it. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I was this person who bought Division 1 for, like, 10 bucks on sale just for the one joke of this is an apolitical game. <laughs> So it was just myself and my friend who does a politics major running around shooting poor people, being like, this is not political. <laughs> I, I was pointing this out before in the pre-podcast chat that like the game tells you to shoot looters and then you go up and you loot their bodies. So you don't even put the things back where you found them. So you just end up shooting people to steal their things when they're stealing things and you're told that that's bad. This game is just... Freaking confused. It doesn't make any sense. But it's apolitical. <laughs> it's, it's, a game, it's a game, just a service thing, Alan. It doesn't matter what it says as long as there's a lot of it. Yeah, but like, it's just so obviously political, but they don't want to admit it. I don't understand. 
I don't, I don't get how you can have a game about a civilian militia and say that it's apolitical. It's so ridiculous. Ah. They have to say that because they want the monies from the gamers who get mad at the idea yeah, of like games being political. Burn their Nikes. I don't give a shit. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I just want. I, I always wonder about Ubisoft because it's like, did you guys not see how many copies Wolfenstein sold? And they were pretty happy to be political. So obviously being political sells money. But Imagine if Wolfenstein devs had the freaking goal to say <laughs> that it's political. political. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like that tweet that I saw that was like, oh, bringing politics into games. Wolfenstein is bad. And it's like this game series about shooting right-wing fascists. Like... It's not political. Are you brain dead? <laughs> yeah, but they, that person's probably going to play Division 2 and think, wow, I just love playing this political game. Anyway, we're going to go to some music. <laughs> can, we have, can we have some music from Chocobo Mystery Dungeon? We may have some music from Chocobo. Because it makes me happy. It'll make it you make, happy too. It makes everybody happy. cry. I'll start crying and show you. It's just so happy. Just despite you, man. I'll start crying. Thank you. 
and welcome back everybody so we're going to talk about obscure games now because well to be honest um and i hope i'm not in breaking embargoes when i say this i think i'm not by the time i think it's out. safer if you just say that you aren't going to talk about what you're going to talk no about. i'm going I'm to talk about it anyway um <laughs> All so right, well, <laughs> Let, let's talk about the Caligula effect. Actually, I'm going to talk about the PlayStation Vita version of the Caligula effect, neatly bypassing any embargoes on the PlayStation 4 and Switch one that's coming out, even though it's exactly the same story and basically the same game. But I'm not breaking embargoes, Nipponichi. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so this podcast is now under cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> the Caligula effect is, is I think it's the, probably the best example of like a super niche game, a uh, really obscure game that virtually nobody played, unfortunately, because it was released on the PlayStation Vita exclusively. But it's actually a brilliant game. Uh, and just about everybody I've spoken to who have actually played it, not just you know messed around with it for one hour and then give, given up, but actually played it, um, absolutely loved it. And yeah, I think that it might just get a good run with the PlayStation 4 and Switch version because people actually own those consoles and yeah. It's so sad that just by virtue of being a PS Vita exclusive, no one played the game. Well, that basically applies to everything because <laughs> um, the PlayStation Vita had a lot of them, especially JRPGs. Uh, there was another one called Orishika, which um, Sony actually published. Um, and it was particularly good as well. Uh, I know Matt played that one a lot. <laughs> Didn't you, Matt? Or I did. Yeah, that was that was, that a was good really game. good. Yeah, lots of um, Yukioe style art and lots of energy, and it had a really interesting mechanic whereby it was kind of generational. So your characters would die of old age, and then you get new ones. And um, it was yeah, it took place over quite a lot of generations in the end. Um, but yeah, it yes. was another good one. Um, the Vita was full of them. Soul Sacrifice is probably the most obscure. Monster Hunter style game, and it no was... Freedom Wars, I'd say. Oh, Freedom Wars as well, but they're both on the Vita as well. Yes, they were. Um, and they're both very good Monster Hunter style games and very obscure. That console has a lot of stuff, a lot of content that developers could still tap into, and then. But it's only all sixteen hours long, so it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, like. The Vita consistently just had games that no one wanted to play except for like four people, which is yep. pretty much the entire library of Vita owners, to be fair. Yeah. Well, pretty much. It's really unfortunate because they did actually have a lot of good games on it. It had a great dungeon crawler in Mary Skelter um, Nightmares. Really good dungeon crawler, which was, again, exclusive to the Vita as, as of now. Um, but at least that one is Compol Heart, and they like to port stuff. So there is a chance we'll get a port of that at some stage. Mary, um, that, that's on PC. Is it on PC? It is came it? out on PC last year. Ah, uh, there you go. So at least people can play that one if they don't have a Vita. I recommend that you do. That's it's still obscure, unfortunately. Yeah, still a bit obscure, but I don't know. Uh, Matt, if you're thinking about kind of games that uh, you've really loved and you thought are top quality games, not just, you know, enjoyable games but genuinely top quality games but are ones that people basically haven't been talking about or have never talked about uh, do any kind of stand out for you um there was this one very underrated and i think only about three people played it, it was this very apolitical game called the division <laughs> oh yeah yeah tell me more about the division i've never heard of this game it's very apolitical 
I, I've heard there has there there are no politics in it whatsoever. Mm. Um, <laughs> one on one other more political game that I think actually only about three people played um, was a game called Valley. On it was on PlayStation Four. It might have come out on other consoles as well. Um, which is it's, it's sort of. I guess you could describe it as a first-person platformer, but it's basically involves exploring this. You um, fall. Well, I can't. I can't actually remember exactly how it starts, but you wind up in this like hidden, isolated valley, um, and you find this weird, old-fashioned, techno like exoskeleton thing that lets you run really fast and jump really high, and then you basically explore this valley and find slowly piece together the story about why it's been hidden and the kind of scientific experiments that went down and the impact of that on the environment while running and like leaping hundreds of feet into the air and running up walls and doing lots of cool exploration stuff that's really neat um that's coming out on Switch, isn't it? That's it's coming out on Switch. It's actually getting a port to Switch, which is Soon. pretty neat. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, I had no idea about the existence of that game until you mentioned it um, in the in the Switch write-up last week, or, yeah, last week by the people, time people listening to the podcast are listening. Um, yeah, that, that seems like something right down my alley, so I'll give it a go for sure. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Alan? Name gonna... one game that basically nobody <laughs> has played, but you you know think is is a really good one. And I mean, I know the sexy brutal is one because you you keep <laughs> telling people to buy it, and everybody buys it. I've got it's like ten dollars. It's ten dollars <laughs> on PS4 right now. Go buy that game. It's good. I've got I've got three copies. I still haven't played it. Um, <laughs> I like how as soon as you said, Alan, what obscure game do you like? But I even get to both immediately thought of sexy brutal. It's a good game. I don't know why people don't like this game. It's better than Breath of the Wild, 10 out of 10. Obviously, I like it. That's why I keep buying it. I just don't buy <laughs> yeah. it. I don't understand how that makes any sense, but that's all right. <laughs> um, I was actually going to say Titanfall because no one seems to ever freaking play those games except for huge dorks like me. But they're the original, really good. The original Titanfall was like an absolute bomb, wasn't it? It I failed it real hard for yeah. almost no reason, despite the fact it was one of the best shooters at the time. And then Titanfall 2 came out and was freaking sick. And also struggled for almost no reason aside from being released like a week after Battlefield One. Battlefield. Yeah, <laughs> such a bad idea. It's almost like EA hates them. I don't know why they bought them from Activision and then just just dunked on them. And I don't get it. I don't get it, Matt. It's so stupid. Um, maybe, and now maybe that's the plan. That's they're, pl they're playing the long game and their rivalry with Activision. Yeah, by dunking on themselves and removing <laughs> money. Like I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, those games are really good. If you get to see them on sale or just on regular price, because they're like 10 bucks each now, they're very good. And if you've been playing a lot of Apex Legends, that game is built on Titanfall, and it's very good. Everyone's playing Apex Legends for some reason. I'm it's not. Good. Yeah, but I'm Matt, not. You, you guys both hate fun. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I really do. I hate fun like with a passion. It, it has been quite interesting seeing all these people... Um, like on social media and stuff being like, I like Apex Legends, but I wish there was like a story mode or something. I wish and, that it was like a, a generalized multiplayer mode that 
was just you know like a deathmatch mode so i can practice using my guns and <laughs> yeah. it's almost like there's a game that was made two years ago that was very good I, um, Titanfall. I saw i saw news that apparently titanfall 2's like player count has actually been increasing since i also saw that out. and it made me very happy because that game that deserves cool. it mm-hmm. yeah like i don't know like apex is very very fun and a lot of people are playing it I just wish that they realized that the gameplay was fun earlier so that Titanfall wouldn't have become this weird niche series. Because <laughs> it's real good. It's real good. It's a fun game, and you get to be all stompy stomp, which I like. Any game that you can be stompy stomp in is a good game. That's a good game. I think Titanfall 1 was about the closest I've ever come to enjoying a multiplayer shooter. That's a fair cut. Like, the free-running playing. stuff was really good. It was yeah. before... It was because it came out before the the tidal wave of Call of Duty games where you just ran on walls. Yeah, which was a bad time for everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that that'll that series just continually does some of the coolest stuff. And that mission where you go between time periods in Titanfall Two is one of the coolest things in any game that I've played. It's really if you haven't played Titanfall Two, please go play it. It's very worth it. It's so good. Well, like the, I would say it's the best single-player campaign for a shooter since COD 4. I'll get right on that. Matt will on. not touch it, I can guarantee. I've, I've got it on my PS4, I just haven't played it. What? <laughs> like, uh, okay. Okay, I'm going to go cry. Speaking I'll, of I'll, a... I'll, I'll, go, I'll go play it right now. All right. Yeah, Speaking yeah. Bye, later. Matt. <laughs> Speaking of uh, other obscure games, one that is obscure because Square Enix refuses to actually release it anywhere else ever. Uh, the original Nier, the a lot of people love Nier Automata, obviously, and it sold pretty damn well, and people enjoyed it. But they went to try and, I guess, check out the original Nier, and you can't get it anywhere. It's not available on the PlayStation Network for PS3. You'd think the- it's a no-brainer, really. Yeah, exactly. Or just do a you know a lazy re-release. Don't even have to HD it or anything. Just throw it on the PS4, um, and it would sell like nuts because of Near Automata. But they don't. I don't yeah, know why. Near Automata sold like three million copies or something, didn't it? Yeah, at least. It's at fairly least. successful. It's done good. It's yeah, and I think a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people like to dunk on Nier, the original Nier, for reasons I've never. Quite for not being them. a very good game to play. Yeah, something like that, which is nonsense. But um, I think if people went back to it now, having played Automata, I think they'd actually be more inclined to appreciate what it's about. And yeah. I think it'd actually do better in a re-release. But Square Enix being Square Enix. Just don't. Maybe they lost the code for it. Maybe it's like Final Fantasy VIII. That would not surprise me. <laughs> They've just lost it and they can't do anything with it. They're like, I want to put it out there, but they can't because they. Well, Yoko Taro has it in a safe under his house. <laughs> yes, that's it. He's got. <laughs> it's got the got, source code. He's got more security on it, and they need like an Ocean's Eleven type team to try and break in and grab it. Was it developed by a different? Um, yeah, it was developed that, by. But... Oh, was it something with something C? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cardia. Um, Kavya, yeah, who yeah. just make games that are consistently kind of okay to play. Yeah. Alan, Kavya's gone. Do they die? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't speak ill of the dead. Gone. I will. I'll do it. They <laughs> suck. That's why Nier was such a bomb. Nier was such a bomb that Kavya closed up after. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they get honed, nerds. Has something to do with <laughs> why there's no remaster. I wonder if they lost the code and 
yeah. as a result of that or something. I don't know. Who knows what happens? It's possible. It, it, it's quite possible that I think Yokotaro was actually employed with Caviar, and it's possible, I guess, that maybe he owns the IP for it. In which case, he's just dicking everyone around by not re-releasing <laughs> it. <laughs> I wouldn't put that past him. Look, I really wouldn't. I honestly think that he's doing it just so he can avoid the really bad like review titles of like near far wherever you are <laughs> it's like every single game site thinking they're really smart and saying oh guess you're not gonna play this anthem at your new sports game <laughs> it's like that sort of stuff i think he's just doing it to avoid that <laughs> which honestly is a high t count play <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yoko Taro's a special guy. He's a cool guy. He's a um, good guy. You know what, with that, let's play some music from his game. There's a near No, no, near, near. Not near. No, I like it. Yes. Fuck you, mom. Near. Original near. Oh, yeah. I insist because I, I brought it up in the podcast, therefore it's my right to demand the music. I don't know if that's how that works because I edit it. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. So for the final section of the podcast this week, we're going to descend into the deep, dark world of free-to-play games. Um, but we're going to set ourselves a challenge and only talk about the good ones, and that's going to be hard. That's going to be Apex um, Legends. <laughs> well, we already talked about Apex Legends before, so that one's out. So we're going to oh. talk about 
Also, 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 Matthew said we're only talking about good ones, so that already. Why do you hate good things? <laughs> well, we're all playing Tetris 99. There's a good start. Tetris 99 is a free game. Is it technically free, though? Because you have to damn buy Nintendo's stupid online service that doesn't work. Well, don't you have to be subscribed to the PlayStation whatever to play Apex Legends online? No, free to play. No. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't yeah. even have to be part of PlayStation Plus like every other mo- online multiplayer game. Any other free to get free to play game, you don't need to do it. I don't oh, believe okay. so. Yeah, it's a good system. Yeah. Anyway, okay, fine. Point, point conceded, but Tetris 99 is basically <laughs> free. Let's, let's, yeah. In a world where basically free equates to $30 a year. Well, $30 a year gets you the NES stuff and then Tetris 99. Oh, great. I can play Kirby's Adventure. Freaking Freebie sick. Freebie on top of that. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I count Tetris 99 as free to play um, because, yeah, once you're subscribed and most people already were, it's... Um, Matt's wrong. Didn't cost anything else to download and play. So I, I think Tetris 99 is a really good example of free to play because it's um, it doesn't do the microtransaction thing, I think. <laughs> it yet. can't. There's like, yeah. How are you going to make microtransactions for Tetris, like colored blocks? Yeah, exactly, which is oh, great. Okay. <laughs> that would be great. Getting you different skins for your blocks. Yeah, I've always wanted to Get have like, a skin of a screaming animal. Yeah, though. have like camo blocks. You can't see them, oh, though. Oh, oh, you, you could have, like, dead or alive blocks and then squish them together and they could be, like, a... Yeah, that's a good... You know what? No. Yeah, yeah no, let's do that. Terrible. Let's do that. I'll, I'll pay $1,000 for dead or alive. I know that you would. I so would. Um, you could have, like, boosters that give you... Increase your chance of getting straight line blocks. Or just boosters that, that increase how much more you hate yourself for spending yeah. money on the Tetris Battle Royale. But they're not going to do that, and that's a good thing about it, I guess, is um, because a lot of free-to-play games are basically free-to-play because the developer wants to fleece people for money elsewhere, like having white characters in Apex Legends. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, the well, white the white male characters in Apex Legends are all behind a paywall. Uh, no, behind a paywall, and you just know that all the dude bros actually went and bought them because <laughs> they couldn't possibly play a game with anybody but a white dude. Um, I thought that was brilliant. Well done, EA. Well played. It wasn't EA. It was definitely just respawn. Like three people sitting at the respawn desk, being like, "Let's just like ruin someone's day." <laughs> Let's upset people who get upset over not playing the white guy. <laughs> Man. That yeah. seems like a, a good thing to do with your life, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, lo- a lot of those free-to-play games are designed around how much money they can fleece out of you in microtransactions or whatever. Uh, but there are a couple of good examples. I think another area of free-to-play games that I do genuinely enjoy are the card games because they basically have to be free-to-play. There's no way you could do... Uh, upfront version of those um but i played a lot of them i played the ubisoft one for quite a while what was it might and magic jewel of champion and it just plays jewel of the fates the entire time right <laughs> no no but that that was a pretty good one it was very magic the gathering like and i quite enjoyed that uh, i even played uh, hearthstone a bit and how a... much did you hate yourself when you did that because i was no, very I... bad playing the game I, I enjoy I, I enjoy card games unlike you, Alan. So um, well, I like I like the games, but Hearthstone is just like a new level of salt for me. <laughs> I, I never I, I kind of ended up giving up on it because, to be honest, I wasn't willing to spend money on it. It wasn't my favorite digital card game, and 
it just felt like it was asking a bit too much of me um, to play for free. So I gave up on that one in the long term, but I enjoyed it while I played it. Um, mm -hmm. I like... What's the... What's the... Um... Warframe? No, the Witcher one. Oh, um, Gwent. Gwent, yes, Gwent. Gwent was good. He's good. Very good. I like Gwent. It's a fun. Yeah, that's good fun. That came out of like two days of work from some bloke in like the Witcher Three office, who was just like, "Let's make a card game as a fun thing," and they did. Yeah, I know. It, it I worked. Know. And that's it so worked. Cool. Well, actually, that's pretty much the story between behind Hearthstone as well. Um, they just it was Tiny Team in Blizzard just threw it together because they could, and then Activision was like, "Oh, we can make money from this," and then. <laughs> And then they made the workers. Yeah, and then it became the thing. And now they're now it costs them too much to maintain, so they're sacking everyone with something. I don't know. While giving a twelve million dollar bonus. <laughs> but <laughs> what, what about you, Matt? One could ever possibly comprehend. <laughs> is there a rude. is there a free to play game that you've played a lot of, Matt? Um, free to play game that you've been really hooked on. Um, I'm trying to think of one. I can't think of any. They're all bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Warframe is very good. I would recommend. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't played Warframe, but I have heard it's very good. Yeah, it's also like one of the least like money grabbing ones that you can probably encounter. Just how do they make their money on Warframe then? Um, no, you can just buy access to the new rigs, and like they're all different, which is cool. Um, and then like weapons, you can like help to upgrade them with real money, but like it's not required. So it's, it's, it's really just there if you want to boost your character, which, like, I don't really care. Sure, go for it. It's not a competitive game. No one cares. Yeah, I've always wondered how they actually make money from that one because basically everybody was like, oh, you don't have to pay money, so I don't. And it's like, well, how do they make money then? Because <laughs> if you're a little bit too generous with free-to-play, you end up making nothing. Because um, there's one guy in Illinois who's just... He's just uh, chucking he just money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, um, oh, that yeah, that makes me reminds me of um, Mystic Messenger. If anyone's played that, which is like a, a free to play mobile, um, like romance game sort of thing. Oh God! Um, which it was, it was, it was very good. It was all basically done through like a chat interface, okay. um, and with just interesting characters and stuff. But they, at least around the time of launch, I, you like you used. A sort of premium currency type thing to unlock new episodes and chapters and things, but around the time of launch, they any any time they had to have a maintenance or do any sort of work on it, which happened fairly often, they gave everyone like hundreds of these tokens, and Ooh. so there there was never really any need to spend any money, and I wonder how they made their money, but it's still going. A few years later, so it must be doing. It must well. be making something. Yeah. I, I, see, I, I really love the Ubisoft free-to-play game you have to spend $60 on. Like, then they just chuck in, like, packs of the third currency for Far Cry New Dawn. <laughs> I just really enjoy when they throw in the best value pack where you pay 99 Australian dollars so you can get the gold currency so you can buy a gun. That, you sh that was <laughs> in Far Cry 3 that you can go back and play and is better. I don't understand this. I'm so over this idiot three-tier currency nonsense. Like, in the, any game. The thing that annoys me, funnily enough, about that stuff, because I can ignore all of that when I play those games in the sense that I don't feel like I have to pay them for them because 
I don't, but the thing that always annoys me is the way that they pull you right out of the game because they keep advertising shit to you while you're trying to play. And it's it's just, you know, if you go to all that effort to create this huge immersive world and all that kind of stuff, which is the point of open world games, remember, it's to be immersive and stuff, to then advertise stuff to people just pulls them out of the, the fantasy of it all. And it's like going along to a movie and then halfway through the movie, there's just like... <laughs> the main character turns to the screen. It's like, yeah. Products, do yeah, it exactly. It, it's <laughs> idiot. Just, it's just, it just, I don't know. It, it seems counterintuitive to me for what they claim to be trying to achieve, and that goes for most free to play games. I guess uh, is one of the things I find frustrating about them is I, I play a game because I want to be um, immersed in it, and I never end up getting to that point with well, not never, but with most. Mo- free to play games i don't because i just felt like i'm constantly being sold stuff and if i just wanted to keep being sold stuff i go to the shop <laughs> i go to a shop and i'm not there for a shopping experience i'm there to play a game um what if you're playing a shop game <laughs> but yeah I, I do get stuck into some of them sometimes another one that i've played a bit and i'm playing again because it just was re-released on switch is smite uh, it's not the greatest game out there but it's like- it's playable. As, as someone who was into the competitive scene for Smite, like in 2015, I think, yeah, yeah, like it, it's a high res game, which means that it was abandoned pretty much as soon as they moved on to a new game. So play it, but there's not going to be any meaningful updates that make the game better or make the game run better because it's made on sticks and glue. Well, they have <laughs> they have released a whole bunch of new characters since I last played it on the PS4, which was a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it's Smite's all right. I, I guess the other thing that frustrates me with free-to-play games is because they have to be endless content stuff. Um, you never get... A, it's hard to do a proper story with them. It's hard to do interesting story. And Smite especially has all these great characters and it's like a, a mashup of all the gods of various mythologies and then they don't do anything with it. And that mm. frustrates me. I want story. I'm a story dude. Um, well, you're probably not going to get that from a MOBA. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I don't. So that's why I kind of end up giving up on Smite and whatever. I, I like the, the visuals. I like the aesthetic. I like the basic idea of the game. It's just I'd much rather it be a single-player thing <laughs> with some story and, and whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and then mm. it wouldn't be free-to-play anymore. It'd be premium. No, but it's high-res, so it would be free-to-play, and then they would just abandon it. <laughs> like all other games they make. I remember no. Global Agenda. I remember... Fucking remember Tribes Ascend. <laughs> no one else does. I do. You, you really are very passionate in your hatred for high res studios. They're you know just idiots. Like <laughs> they've made some of the best games and then just ruined them because they don't know how to manage their own work. And they just say like, oh, okay, the game's ruined. We're going to move on to a new one, and they'll make it be like, oh, this is all right. And then two months down the track, it'll be a pile of shit. With like sticks coming out of it that are on. F- They're bad developers. <laughs> They're freaking morons. Paladins was better than Overwatch. Ooh. No, it was not. Ooh. Actually, no, no, I'll disagree on this one condition. It was better than Overwatch at one point <laughs> around the mobility meta. That was when it was okay. And then it just dissolved into its own just garbage game. It doesn't. The design behind. Ah, okay. So the way that that game is designed is using like universal hitboxes, right? So it's like a big circle, which means there's no requirement for aiming. But in a high 
mobility game that makes sense because it's hard to hit people. In the current way that the game is designed, it is not built around the idea that aiming is required, so it's very easy to hit people, which it shouldn't be. It's, it's so... Mm, it's fine. <laughs> You're a very angry person. Alan. They just don't know what they're doing. I don't You're understand. They designed the game and then threw their design document into a trash fire and then wrote another one that just says make game good. Like, that's their... It just grinds my gears. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Matt, you've played a lot of mo uh, MMOs. Uh, most MMOs are free-to-play. Have you played any of the free-to-play ones, or are you just uh, Final Fantasy and Warcraft, dude? Um, just Final Fantasy, dude, these days. I've played a few free-to-play ones briefly over the years, but none of them have really... Stuck with you? Yeah. Played a lot of Guild Wars. Guild Wars is fun. I played the original Guild Wars, but it was a upfront cost game. Mm. I think two is free to play. It has been for ages now because I used to watch Rick and Morty and then play Guild Wars, which is <laughs> the most 2015 thing in the world. Spare, spare short for the Guild Wars two developers. Unfortunately, a lot of them just got laid off as well. Oh, great! Um, yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. ArenaNet seems to be going through troubles, but yeah, I remember getting attracted to the original Guild Wars. This was well before free-to-play was even a thing. Um, but at that time, MMOs were all subscription-based and Guild Wars was just asking for the upfront price. And once you paid that, you had unlimited access for as long as you wanted. And for that time, that was pretty amazing for me. I really mm. enjoyed Guild Wars. Um, yeah. I never played the sequel, second one, unfortunately. The sequel. Um, the sequel. <laughs> the sequel. I, I got stuck into Final Fantasy fourteen, and I was happy to pay the subscription for that one, um, mm. to be honest. I was happy for that. There's not... I, I, I don't know. I think there's still value for subscription MMOs because I think that they... Are... If it's good enough, then sure. I, I, I just think that with a subscription, the developers are more incentivized to have larger teams working on the game for longer and doing more interesting things with it, um, which is what I think we've seen with Final Fantasy fourteen with something like... Mm. With the free-to-play ones, like, I don't know, what's that Korean one um, that's on PlayStation 4? Uh, Black Desert Online? No, 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 no. Starts with T. Terra. Terra. Yeah, so this, with those kinds of games, they, they seem to be good fun at first, and, of course, they are free-to-play and all that. But um, the incentive for the developers is more just to keep the servers running. <laughs> and, um, mm. yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Free-to-play, free I mean, that was meant to be a, a conversation about good free-to-play. We ended up just ragging on free-to-play games the whole time. <laughs> yeah, because high-res makes them uh, idiots. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> a morons. It's, it's a tough spot. I think we, we generally have an agreement that it's better to pay for stuff than, than play free-to-play yeah. games, I guess. It's, it's rare for the developers to really get those right. But anyway, on that note, we'll go to... We'll go to some music and wrap things up. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. And since I mentioned Final Fantasy fourteen in this section. Good King Mog, there we good go. King Mog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're finishing with Good King Mog, the best music piece ever made. The worst music in Final Fantasy fourteen. Quiet, Matt, it's the best piece ever made. <laughs> Quiet you. <laughs> this is the the aristocratic Matt. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>